0: The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourable, we bestow the greater honour. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God so composed the body, giving greater honour to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. But that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Mm. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Mm. Would you pray after me? Father God, Father God, Father God speak to my heart. Speak speak to to my my heart and change my life. And change my life. and change my church. And change my church. my church. For Jesus' glory's sake. For Jesus' glorious sake. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Amen, amen, amen. Amen, Excellent, thank you. Thank you for indulging me. Excellent. So we're going to do things a little bit different today, darlings, okay? I am an English teacher, I'm an ESOL teacher. We, we do a lot of mixing of different teaching styles. So what we're going to do is, at different points in the sermon, you're going to have to get up for those that can, for those that physically aren't able to. That's okay, people will come to you. And we're going to do some different things. I hope that's okay. If you don't yeah. want to take part, that also is okay. Just sit out. That's fine. That's not a problem. So, start off with, we are looking at uh, a passage where, first, did you know 1 Corinthians 12, every charismatic church talks about these. It talks about the spiritual gifts, doesn't it? And the, up, until, uh, up until the verse 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, Paul talks about the spiritual gifts. And then he talks about how those gifts are administered within the body. And he talks about oneness and unity and being in friendship together. And it being a work of the Holy Spirit where you come together to be loved and and to love, to be served and to serve. And Paul weaves in this message that every member has a part to play. So looking at verses 12 to 14, he says, firstly, we are one body. Now... This is Corinth. I want to give you a little bit of an update of what Corinth was like. You see, Corinth was a horrible place. It was a centre of Roman trade routes, but it was morally a cesspit. It really was. Um, It actually meant, to Corinthise, meant to fornicate. It was so well known for being a horrible place, and a sort of depraved place. And into that, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15, that he was their father. To be honest, if I was to say I was the father of Corinth, I'd go. What a horrible place to be a church father of! I mean, honestly. And then it was a church. Those of you that know, read one Corinthians, two Corinthians. What a horrible! You read some of the stuff. Chapter one. There's division. One says I follow Paul. One says I follow Apollos. Another one says I follow Cephas, Peter. The other one says I follow Christ. And Paul's going, "Ah, "Is Christ divided? What's wrong with you people?" And you know, you can imagine they're going to drift following different personalities. They talk about having super spirituality, this great knowledge. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 18. Oh, those Philippians, they're, they're good. They can have spiritual gifts like we do. We have all the gifts. Oh, yes, we're very spiritual. Um, have you ever met charismatics like that? Oh, I have in my time. <laughs> you, know? you know, Paul's regarded 2 Corinthians 10 verse 10. He's got no ability to speak. Or inspire you know it's, it, his letters are weighty and forceful but in person he is unimpressive and his speaking amounts to nothing that's what you'll say about me when i leave <laughs> thanks a lot what a great bunch to leave they don't have any outstanding understanding of christian love that's why 1 corinthians 13 was written this is what love actually should be because their love feasts were so awful. They were confused about marriage relationships, why 1 Corinthians 7 in there, so they have some understanding about that. They dishonoured the breaking of bread, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 21. Some are getting drunk, some are going home hungry. They saw the body as nothing, so they were confused about what's their destiny for the future. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, about what happens to your body and the God has actually your body has a destiny. You're going to have a new body when the new earth comes, 1 Corinthians 15. Your knee will be okay. My wife's got bad knees, so I understand. Okay? mean They're they sexually immoral to a horrendous state. If you read this book in the Bible, you think, what is this doing here? So much so that the level of incestuous sexual perversion that was so much part of the city had so seeped into the church that the church had actually got worse than the surrounding culture. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1 it is actually reported there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even the pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are proud. I mean, <laughs> what of this? If it wasn't for 1 Corinthians, most of our doctrines we wouldn't have. But, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? What a what a horrible church! If that was my church, honestly, Mick, I'd be saying, you know, I used to be an accountant. Well. <laughs> I don't go back to very much. I would not want to do this anymore. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if you do this church leaders. I do. I look at my church and I think I'm a rubbish leader. I'm awful. I can't do this. I know Why do they still employ me? There must be no one better. These guys, they're just awful. I'm awful. They're awful. And then look at my Corinthians. And I think actually somebody's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good church compared to this, you know. See, the thing is, we look at the Bible and God shows people just like us with the same issues. We are in a culture that's turning away from God, and as people come in, we're going to have people that reflect the issues in that culture, and we also will reflect the issues because we live in that culture. Mm. That's why when you loved coral, you actually overcame a cultural issue. No family. So when people come in in a generation that has no family, does understand being a mum and a dad, when you're a mum and a dad and aunt and uncle to people, it changes culture and draws people to you. In Corinth, the old saying went, "Do you know this? I don't know if this got all the way to Dorset." Here's a church. Did you do this? Here's a steeple. Look inside, and there's your problem. There's your problem. There's your problem. There's your problem. I often say to the Lord, God, you're great, but the people are awful. The people are awful. We often say in uh, Commission New Frontiers, we want to be a New Testament type church, don't we? Have you heard this? I don't want to be like this church, though. And This is a New Testament type church. I mean, goodness. I think, oh, Lord, what a a church to be a, a leader of. Verse 12, Paul says that the body is made up of lots of different parts. And here in Corinth, it's made up of lots of different parts. And these parts were a really hard church to lead. And so for me, that church, those parts of people in summary, all the issues that arise there, for Paul it was Corinth and for you it's Weymouth. But Paul says, verse 13, no matter, they were from different ethnicities, some were Jews, some were Greek, different social positions, some were slaves, some were free. Paul was still saying, they're one, you're one. You have lots of differences, even sat here. I don't know you, I only didn't, I didn't I didn't know you make milk and trees. And the but you're from different backgrounds, you have different educations, different social positions, but you're one. Whether you're academic or you're a practical person. Whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're young or you're old, whether you're a steam railway enthusiast hey. or a football fan, there is always one. <laughs> <Steam> <laughs> <railway. coughs> We're one. Yeah. When you're found in church, God put you together. Yeah. God put you together. Mm. Yeah. Paul gets quite humorous. He's sort of, this is like the sort of Eddie Izzard chapter of the Bible. Bit of the Bible. <laughs> is, he gets quite humorous. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. He then says, we're not one big nose. If you read it, that's what he's saying. You know, if there was just a member, what he's saying is, if you're just a, you're not one big nose. You're not one big eye, like the eye of Sauron. You're in the Lord of the Rings. You're not. One body has lots of different parts and it makes the one. And Paul is talking here about Christ's body the church and that the church has to have all those different component parts to function the way that it should do. Friends, this morning, if I do nothing else, I want to leave, leave here with you having a passion to be committed to this local church. Okay? My, one of my pastors was a guy called Rob Garrett. And uh, I can remember we were about 21 and he talked one Sunday morning about the local church. And he said, wherever you find yourself in life... Find a local church and commit yourself wholeheartedly to, to it. That's what God tells you to do. And so, you know, like every good person, I do exactly as my pastor tells me to do, and I obey God and obey them, so that's what I did. So we gave our lives to the local church, whether it was in Plymouth or it was in Adelston or in Epsom. That's what we did. Why? Because the local church is what's going to transform this area. You are God's agents, God's ambassadors... For transforming the culture of Weymouth and the people around and their lives. You are the ones, along with the other Christians in the town, who've got the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to transform lives. In his excellent book, Courageous Leadership, Bill Heibel says this There is nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable, its power is breathtaking, its potential is unlimited. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. Churches become the redemptive centres that Jesus intended them to be. Dynamic teaching, creative worship, deep community, effective evangelism, and joyful service combine to renew the hearts and minds of seekers and believers alike. They strengthen families, transform communities, and change the world. Amen. Amen. The local church does that. Paul says even to this local church, that's awful. You need to be one. Not five, not two, but one. One body. Born of the Holy Spirit, verse 13. One body, Nicene Creed says, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. One local church that's part of a greater church around this country, around this town, around the world. This means that this one church chosen by God... Throughout the whole world, founded on the scriptures that gathers here in Weymouth. You're one expression in Weymouth of many expressions of Jesus' born again people. And I know you do stuff with other churches. Well done. I commend you for that. Well done. You might think, well, do you know what? I don't really feel one here. I don't feel it. And you might think, well, I don't know if I really want to be one here, actually. Though much I think I might want to be one of you might think well I've not really thrown my lot in I'm not, I'm not 100% here not really yet I'm still testing the ground let me encourage you be one When this local church John Wesley the founder of Methodism said this the New Testament knows nothing of solitary religion you may hear Christians it's quite fashionable now thing, but I, I am a Christian but I don't go to church well I'm sorry, you're not doing what God told you do, do, to do. Because God never talks about Christians being individually with the Lord. He talks about them being part of a local church, a gathering of broken people with all their messiness that come together and produce something beautiful for the Lord and transform community. Mm. The Bible never speaks in the individual, it only ever speaks in the corporate. The church in Philippi were written to, the church in Galatia, the church in Corinth. In other words, church, by the way, just means gathered. The gathering. The gathering. Sorry, a bit of a Highlander. Do <laughs> so you know Highlander? Thing? Yeah, good, okay. Get told off. My, my wife will beat me up and get outside. You are the church in Weymouth. You're not all of it, but you're an expression of it. You're a local church. God has brought you together. Acts 17 talks about... That God brings us together at a particular time To be with particular people for a particular calling Because he is sovereign enough to be able to work that out Mm. So there's no mistake that you're here this morning Or that the people in your church are the people in your church Mm. Because he's given you a purpose defined by the people that he's gathered Mm. That's part of his sovereign role You're a local church, God's brought you together at a particular time, particular purposes Church is a funny old mishmash of people I don't know if you've found that. i sometimes look around my church and I think, I'd never sit in a room with that person normally. But Lord's good, you know. One Lord in whose name we're baptised. So before we do our first breakout session, I just want to challenge you. Are you committed to the corporate? I mean, are you committed to the local church? I know I'm a bully local pastor that comes in, so I can do this. You, he just won't invite me back again if you know <laughs> It's fine. I, it's fine. I get, I get to to stay at the Richardson Hotel for the night. Yeah. <laughs> you get fed which is great. <laughs> it's not like that. Huh? It's not like that. Not fight your again. Like, what it might do. Oh, you might regret you said that. <laughs> <laughs> How are you expressing your oneness? How are you expressing your commitment to the local church? How is your expression of commitment to the local church affecting your diary and your time? How is it affecting your emotional commitment one to another? And Martin Luther said, a man needs two conversions, one of his his soul and one of his wallet. How is your commitment to local church affecting your wallet? I know you've done brilliantly. Mick told me about you raise money to do a fantastic £50,000 oh, you should be really pleased with yourself I think mean, you do, this is a fabulous building isn't it, what a gateway site. Mm. I'm, I'm so jealous I'm sorry I'm just going to repent about that later on <laughs> you are such an opportunity here, such a I, I do think God's given you such a prophetic opportunity <laughs> here, it's amazing anyway you may not know everyone or you may know people less than others so what you have to do now, if you can please stand up now ha I am if you can't, don't worry, people will come to you. If someone sat down, can you go to them and please go and say hello? You have two minutes just to say hello, give bless them, give them a kiss actually. <laughs> we are one body with diversity, unity and honour. That means that one. The, the, the body of our local church, we make up a whole. By honoring one another, we are one in Christ. Jesus being the focus of our oneness. Jesus being the person, the first 12 verses, that gives the gifts. The gifts are only worked out if we honor one another, love one another, in unity and diversity together. We honor the different parts. We accept them. We don't reject people that are different than us. We are one family that serve together. Quite comically, verse fifteen. If the foot should say, oh, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. <laughs> it's really quite comical, isn't it? It's a bit like Eddie is odd God. You know, one Corinthians twelve. He says, Oh I'm not a I want to be a nose. You can't, you're an ear ah, but I want to be a nose. You know, <laughs> Bible sometimes should make you laugh. Oh Lord, that's so funny. <laughs> Interesting comparisons because you, like children, they crawl on their hands and feet, so a hand is like a foot. And you often talk about, you know, eyesight and hearing. And you, in other words, it's quite easy to compare yourself with other people. And what Paul's saying is don't compare yourself because be thankful for who you are and the role that God has given you to play. Because God places us at a particular time, particularly giftings, to work those roles out. If there is a need, and you can fill it, do good and fill it, is what the Lord is saying. Because Acts 17, has put you in a particular place, in a particular time, Ephesians 2, verse 10, to work out the works that he has planned in advance for you to do. Corporately, because Ephesians chapter 2 was talking about the corporate, not to an individual. We can claim it for ourselves, but principally it's about a church, because it was written to a church.
1: So God's positioning of us, his fasting of us,
0: it isn't arbitrary. We need to honour each other and the role that we play. We're not to overlook people. We're to try and develop people. Um, people means if you're in a role, it doesn't mean you're going to be in it forever. There may be a time to generationally hand over. Um, I'm doing that in my church, and it's painful when you have to say to guys, yeah, faithful servant, but not anymore. Because you know? <laughs> someone else needs to take that on, friend. It comes a time when it's time for you to release that and develop them and move on. And we need to honour each one. And be thankful to God for each one. See that you're bringing your gifts to the church, your time, your service, uh, your cash. (laughs) Who knows what is missing in the body? It could be you, you know. Sometimes, uh, take a closer look. Sometimes people disqualify themselves. I found this but Actually, there's a massive role for them to do. Particularly when people get older. We have a number of older folk in our church. And I encourage them, you know, actually, sometimes you're the guys who've got time. So you can phone someone, maybe a younger family that's struggling. Or invite someone out for a coffee who you know are alone. Or, you know, if you've got a bit of extra cash and you know there are people who are struggling, don't tell them. Put it in an envelope, stick it through their door with a name on you know, or or if you've got a sister in the church, talk, talk to Michael the El- Your eldest dean, you? but you know, or the leaders. You know, there are ways in which we can serve. But do things that are right calling for you. Like for instance, I will never be the head of liturgical dancing. You know? <laughs> God didn't make me for that. Liturgical dancing was a thing we used to do in the eighties, where loads of Really, middle middle-aged ladies used to prance around with lots of people going. They're far too old to do that. <laughs> she's going to hurt herself if she shoots jumping around. She's going to <laughs> she's put her back out. Bless her. We don't do it anymore because we're now so sort old of, we can't, we can't even attempt it. Anyway, verse twenty-three. All of the bits of the church that, that we think less of. So, who does the cleaning? Bless them. Do you want to say, who does the children's work? Oh, bless them, that's horrendous, isn't yeah. it? They always get. Yeah. I'm sorry I can't do children's work this week because I've got a rally now. I don't care. Are you dead? Didn't get here. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Those are organised voters. Yeah, if that's convicted you of sin, then listen to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, i say you don't be do bloody uh, Verse 25, <laughs> we all care for one another. Yeah. Are you bringing your gifts? Are you bringing your time? Are you bringing your dedication? Uh, or have you decided to stuff things away? That's what Paul was getting at here. Whether, it, whether it, I said, I don't want to be an I, I want to be an ear, and you're not letting me. What he's saying is, I'm not going to be an I. I'm not going to be who I am, because I want to be something else. And that's, that's not right. That's, we play the part that God has given us, and we obey leadership in that, because that's part of what the oversight of the church of God has given us to. Don't stuff things away. This is Jesus' church. Do you know there's no higher call than to serve Jesus' church? It's his bride, his beloved. And sometimes I think we treat Jesus' church like she's some sort of cheap girlfriend, you know? know, Someone we just don't give any honour to. We treat the bride of Christ like she's worthless. Dear friend, be careful. The bridegroom will never allow us to treat his church like that. Jesus will... Jesus is not happy when we dismiss each other yeah. and we are thoughtless and we don't give out all. Do you know the, the song, Jesus Loves the Church? Yeah. You know the church song. Well, In that case, you poor people you have to put up with me singing it. You had a chance. Okay? <laughs> Michael Sanderman, I love this song. And it goes like this. It's a bit of an older song now, but it goes. <clears throat> Jesus loves the church. He gave himself for his bride. He knows what we will be, a conquering army, an unblemished people. We're accepted, we're forgiven, we're united with him. Not rejected, not forgotten, not abandoned Thank you. Can you hear him singing? I love you. Yes, yes, yes. but he loves the church he loves it when you're together he loves it when you work together he loves it when you've got unity yeah deal Matthew 18 if there's a grievance we do things wrong we are broken people we upset each other but deal with it Matthew 18 there's a whole process of sorting our relationships deal with it but ensure you become peacemakers and not peacekeepers actually do deal with it Jesus loves the church he loves each member of the church it feels grieved when members are disordered. feels grieved when members don't take their part because it's for him. This is all about him. When you gather, you're gathering for him. And he loves it when you gather together and he loves you. One body with many members, united, honouring each other. You have two minutes to stand up. If you can't move, that's fine. And go and say thank you. <laughs> that's a good problem <laughs> with diversity and honour verse 15 to 25 but lastly that cherish one another in fact you haven't got a problem with this because I can't be sit down from London I'll go now we're one body with unity and diversity that cherish one another here's a lovely story this story has stuck with me throughout my life it's very powerful from a man who planted the church on the lobby estate in Epsom and Nicky and I were two little blocks off on the estate. We got saved in this church. Basically, past pastor got filled with the spirit John Peele and Half of all the middle class people were to they even go back to the evangelical church because we don't believe in those things, <laughs> again. And we left alone. Kids got saved in the estate. Most of those kids are serving churches around the world. The guy that planted the church, back up Stanley, he said this. When he was going out to be the Baptist Missionary Society, he was a South End Baptist. And uh, he met a lady who he had to work with, an older lady, and the only problem was he could not stand this woman. She was the most obnoxious woman he had ever known. And similarly, she thought he was the most trumped-up, arrogant, obnoxious pig she had ever met. But she was one of the leaders in the church, and he was a missionary just to go out and plant churches in Brazil, and so therefore, wasn't good not very good so what they did is they prayed and in matthew 18 they talked about it you know and they prayed with the leadership and they sought the lord and after a period of about six months sam came to the decision that he could not stand it <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't because personality wise do you hear me they were very different They both wanted Christian character, Christ-like character, but they're just different personalities. God doesn't teach you or call you to be the same. That's what diversity is all about. But they had to learn to get on with each other. Now, that really helped me, okay? Because I'm like Marmite. You either love me or you hate me. It tends to be the way. And there are enough people that don't like Marmite. And in church, i found there are enough people, there'll be some of you here this morning, that just don't like don't you like people? But that doesn't mean I can't love them. Doesn't mean I can't work with them. Doesn't mean I can't honour them as my brother and sister. And funny enough, actually, we found the longer you're with people, the more you love them. Yes. And some of the people, when I came to Sunday, like, oh, I can't stand them. We used to avoid some, oh so-and-so's going, oh, you. you know? Now they're my best friends, weirdly. Because in time you learn to see they're really good in them. So what I'm saying is, we Jesus calls us to become a more Christ-like character. He changed us over time, the Apostle John. He was called the Son of Thunder, you know, this in the Gospel, he was probably a teenager. A hundred years of age, they used to, church history says, they used to put him out in the front of churches, and he would just say to the churches in Ephesus, love one another, love one another. He was called the, the Apostle of Love, and yet Jesus called him the Son of Thunder, because he was trying to, not be on your left hand and right hand? In other words, he changed. Do you hear me? Mm. We don't stay as we are. Christ sanctifies us. He makes us more like him. So maybe there are people you who know, you go, oh, we didn't you are gone. But maybe you will not But you can love one another. Mm. Love one another. Do good to one another. Mm. John's Gospel, John 13, 35, Jesus' famous line, this is how the world will know that you are my disciples. Mm. If you love one another. That's how people will be attracted to you. They'll be attracted by the gospel of love that you are part of. One, mom, one member suffers. Verse 26, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Churches do life together. Yeah. You will only have one life. Mm-hmm. You, you know, before Jesus comes again, you have total life. <laughs> it's not going to get Let's just part of that for a minute. In this life, you'll have one life. And in this one life, you will do it with the people you're looking down to now. We, uh, my administrator, when I joined Sumner in two thousand and seven, she caught cancer called PNP. It's the cancer of the lining of the organs in the body. It's one of the worst cancers to get. She was eighteen stone, six foot. She ended up eight, six foot, and about six stone. And we prayed. I mean, we prayed. You know, we're good commission new frontier. We prayed with faith. We declared healing. We did anything, We anointed with oil. We did anything we could do. You know. Uh, and there was a guy that would come to his prayer and his name was Colin Garrett, and he wasn't part of the church, but he had been part of the church for 30 years with his had grown up as a teenager. And I remember asking him the question, Colin, why'd you come? I mean, you're not part of the church anymore. You know, one of those people that aren't part of the church, and think you really should be, but you're not. We have those. We all have those. But, and he was going nowhere, one of those, you know, I love Jesus. But you turn up with this prayer meeting. Colin, why'd you do that? He said, you know, Andy, you only do life once. And I committed myself to this lady for 30 years. And I, she, saw, she saw me through stuff. Yes. And I saw her through stuff. She said, you're going to see people through some stuff because life's going to throw stuff up. Mm. So you need to cherish each other in that. When you suffer, you'll suffer with them. And when, when they do great, then become Uncle Callum. Rejoice! Yeah. Yeah. I was so pleased. I was so pleased you did that. Yes. You said, well, you only do life once. Therefore, when there's a baby, or when someone gets a job, or when there's a breakthrough, they get a house, they get well, they were sick, rejoice, you know, support them. Um, And then mourn when they mourn. Pray for them, love them, feed them, do good to them. Paul's saying that it's the corporate nature of what we are. If one member suffers, we all suffer. Um, if one is honoured, we all rejoice. Paul is saying that everything we do, we do in the corporate. If one's hurting, then we we'll are all hurt. If one's celebrating, then we'll all celebrate. We are hurt together, we're honoured together. So therefore, you know, you're not just going to be a nose. you're part of a body. I have a, I have an excellent guy in my church, his name is Graham Whitworth, he's just finished the advanced leadership training. He used to be a solicitor. He also has a very really rare skill of being able to sit mid-air. <laughs> <laughs> he says this. He says, "Oh, to be above with the saints we love, for us that would be glory, but to be below with the saints we know." And that's a <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. You know, I remember Stan's thing is really good. It really—I I've never forgotten it. Because I think there's always been people, I remember once, do you remember in Epson, we had a time where you do these things stupidly as preachers. You say, go and get people, if you Matthew 18 talks about it, if you've got a gift at the altar, you know your brother's got something against you, go and sort it out. Do you know that bit? No. bit, that bit? Yeah. yeah, so I did the whole, go, if someone really gets up your nose and you, know, you can't stand <laughs> oh, them, <no>. go, go, <laughs> go, yeah, <laughs> go to them now and deal with it. have right, keys one of them, I was his best man, is pretty. Another woman, I thought she loved me, she said, I hate you. I do only say, don't do me, unless you're like really emotionally secure. Don't you? What I'm saying is, it's great to deal with stuff, but love one another, cherish one another, love one another, hurt when they hurt, rejoice when they rejoice, be part of a church. Hey, guys, I probably won't get invited back again, so I hope, I hope if any you take from this morning mm-hmm. is that the most potent agent of the gospel in Weymouth is your unity, yeah. yes. your commitment to being yes. this church, yes. and how you love one another, and how that is portrayed to this community because that's what draws people in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why Jesus put you here together. And so, um, I want you to finish. <laughs> God, it's a cheap sermon. He keeps getting me to do it, I want you to fix my prayer for no. Mm. Men with men, women with women. I don't know if you have a so I have that. I have that for good reason. We've had some incidents over the years. I have a very broken church with some one Corinthians. <laughs> men with men, men with women, just bless. Pray good stuff. Yeah. And so and that's the end. So go and pray. Thank you. Yeah. Stand up! I'm not joking. And and, and find someone.